We got a glimpse of the future today with two of the top five pitching prospects for the Cardinals on the mound against Detroit. Plus, it's been confirmed that there is a competition ongoing for the backup catching role. I'll introduce you to the contestants today on Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio, as well as the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe if you are going to visit our YouTube page and comment. That way you can interact with us. we got a good group of people who like to just talk Cardinal baseball down below on the comment section. So make sure you stop by, hit the notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. On Monday, we got a look at part of the present Cardinals starting rotation with Jack Flaherty and Steven Matz on the hill against the Astros, and they didn't disappoint. It was great to see. They threw six innings between them, allowed just one run on one hit, struck out nine as the Cardinals went on to win that game 7-1. to one. On Tuesday, the team was on the road for their next spring training game to face the Detroit Tigers. And in this game, we got a glimpse of two of the possible future pieces of the Cardinals starting rotation in number four overall prospect and reigning minor league pitcher of the year for the Cardinals, Gordon Graceffo and friend of the show and number eight prospect and former first round pick Michael McGreevy. And boy, how things can change in 24 hours with Everyone involved in the World Baseball Classic gone. We got to see a lot of the top young talent in the organization get some playing time today. Uh, Donovan led off and played third base. DeYoung was making the start at shortstop. You know, he's been dealing with that arm fatigue, so it was good to see him back at shortstop. He was batting second. Jordan Walker back in the lineup as well in right field and batting third. Juan Yepes was in left field batting cleanup. Dylan Carlson, who is now dealing with his own arm fatigue, was batting fifth and DHing. Nolan Gorman was at second base and batting sixth. Andrew Kisner was seventh catching. Taylor Motter at first base and batting eighth. And then Moises Gomez was in the nine hole and in center field. That's right, center field for one Moises Gomez. He did play some center field at double A, but clearly that is not his position moving forward. He was out there because of necessity more than anything. Just doesn't have the wheels to be out there or the athleticism to be out there. But, uh, with Carlson ailing as far as his arm going, that's where he was today. It's spring training. You just let the guys play. We're not going to get too bent out of shape about that, okay? So defensively in the outfield, let me put this together for you. Walker in right field, and then it's Moises Gomez in center and Juan Yepes in left field. We know Gomez and Yepes aren't the greatest outfielders. In fact, they're pretty cringy. <laughs> to have them both out there at the same time is pretty cringy, and it showed in this one. Uh, according to the radio broadcast, which unfortunately, we didn't have a Cardinals broadcast today. They weren't on TV, so I had to listen to the Detroit Tigers radio broadcast. And it's just not the same when you have to listen to somebody else talking about your team. Their, their announcer over and over kept saying Jordan Walker was six foot eight, Like consistently kept bringing it up that he was six foot eight. 
and he's not. In fact, he's 6'6". They're just adding two inches to Jordan Walker for some reason. I don't know why, but he kept saying it, and it kept driving me nuts today. But anyway, uh, they were talking about a few misplayed balls in the outfield by uh, by Gomez and Yepes that would probably have been outs. In fact, Yepes did drop a ball today after some miscommunication with the young on a fly in the first inning. But those plays are likely going to be caught if you had your normal outfield out there with, with Carlson, O'Neill, and Newbar. Even if you have Walker in right field, these balls that were getting past Gomez and uh, Yepes today, likely going to get caught by the, the guys who are normally out there. But like I said, it's spring training. Got to let the guys get in the work. So hard to whine and moan about this. But it surely doesn't help the pitching staff at all. And they needed all the help they could get today. Both Graceffo and McGreevy, they really struggled in this one. Graceffo got the start and is mostly known for his fastball slider and his changeup and his control. Normally very much around the strike zone. Uh, didn't show much of that today. Uh, he got the first hitter on strikes, and he looked good. He was pumping uh, some heat around 98.2, I think, was the what he topped out at on strike three. But then he gave up a single. Then there was a double, making it one to nothing. Then the Yepes error before getting a 5-4-3 double play to end the inning. So nothing too alarming in that first inning. And the second, he allows a two-odd walk, which we all know is usually very bad news, and in this case, it was because the next hitter doubles, and then the next hitter doubles, and then there's a single, and just like that, it's four to one, and the Cardinals are in a big hole. Third inning, it gets a little wild again, allowing one uh, a one-out walk, and then he throws a couple of wild pitches, which leads to another walk, and then his day was over. Final line for Graceffo today, two and two-thirds innings, four runs, five pits, three walks, one strikeout, two wild pitches on 57 pitches. The ERA this spring is now at 7.71. Going into spring training, we we didn't think Graceffo was going to be on the team. We imagine he's going to be starting at Memphis, which is where he really does belong. But you were hoping to see, you know, something better than that here in his second outing of the spring. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. But what you're hoping is that here in the spring, that he can live and learn and, you know, use this information moving forward so that he's better the next time that he's called upon. Uh, again, it was hard to tell on the radio broadcast, but it sounded like Gomez had a lot of issues on fly balls in center field, which may have led to the extended inning. So you got to keep that in mind when you're talking about these pitchers and what they're dealing with in the outfield, where some of these balls may have been caught and the innings wouldn't have gotten away from them. But it was clear the Tigers weren't missing the ball very often. And, um, you know, maybe it's just one of those days at the ballpark where the other team is just better because the Tigers were slugging today, okay? Ali brings in number eight prospect Michael McGreevy in the bottom of the fourth inning for his first action of the spring, and things didn't go any better for the former first-round draft pick who was doing his very best uh, Rick Wild Thing Vaughn pre-glasses impersonation. He was all over the place. We're going to talk about his performance, and um, I, I don't want to focus on just negative stuff here. It's not who I am. So there were some positive things to take away from today's game. So we'll point that out as uh point those out as well. And we'll be doing it next year on locked on Cardinals. Now these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You, you want to be 100% certain that you've got access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You know, you, if you're picking from, the not so good candidates, 
your business is probably not going to thrive if you have to keep hiring those people. And that's where LinkedIn jumps in. If you're running a business and you don't have time to waste on candidates who just aren't a good fit for the opening that you're hiring for, you want to find that right person as fast as possible. And LinkedIn can make this process easier than you've ever imagined. You get your job opening written up. You add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And you can do all of this for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small business rates LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. Michael McGreevy was the Cardinals' first-round draft pick in 2021. He uh, comes out of UC Santa Barbara, which is the same place, in case you were wondering, uh, where Cy Young winner and many hope future Cardinal Shane Bieber pitched at. And uh, according to his scouting report, he's not really a, a swing and miss type of guy. In fact, he, from what I'm reading, he sounds more like a Dakota Hudson type of pitcher with better control. And gets a lot of ground balls. That's his thing. Gets ground balls. Uh, it was something like 48% uh, ground ball rate this past year. He was 6-4 and four ERA at 4.64 at Springfield last season. So this year, he's hoping to make the jump to Memphis just like uh, Gordon Graceffo is. Okay, So these guys are trying to move up. And they're here in camp this spring to get some work in. And uh, there's no illusions that Michael McGreevy or Gordon Graceffo was going to start at uh, the major league level this year. That's not why they're there. They're they're there to just kind of do their thing in front of the coaching staff. And if they can make an impression, great. If, uh, you know, if they don't, so be it. We're not going to be down on them too much. But uh, today just wasn't a good day for either one of these guys. Uh, McGreevy comes in in the fourth inning, gets the first two hitters before allowing a ground roll double. Then he hits a guy. Before getting the third out, no harm done there. But fifth inning, he allows a leadoff double to former number one overall pick Spencer Torkelson uh, on a slider up in the zone. Then a base hit to right field on a sinker up in the zone. Gets an out before giving up a two-run double on another sinker up in the zone. You're starting to see the pattern here. Up in the zone is not where you want to live if you're a ground ball pitcher. There are some people, there are some pitchers who can live up in the zone. But you got to throw really freaking hard. That way people are popping it up and, uh, you know, just hitting fly balls that aren't carrying out of the ballpark. But that is not what McGreevy's game is. So sinkers up in the zone, not a good idea. You need to be more like a, a Steven Matz who can pitch up in the zone, but still gets those ground balls if you're going to do that. So um, he walks a guy on five pitches, all five of them out of the zone. And uh, that's followed up by a single. Now you got the bases juiced. And on the first pitch, he plunks a hitter, his second hit batsman of the day. That makes it 71, and that's when Ali comes out and uh, yanks him. Uh, veteran Andrew Suarez comes in in relief, strikes out the first hitter he sees, but then allows a uh, bases clearing double, which makes the score 10 to 1. And then things are really blown out of out of uh, whack there. You know, we're, now we're looking at this just huge deficit uh, before Suarez punches out that final hitter. So your final line for McGreevy, one in the third innings pitch, six runs, five hits, one walk, two hit batters, no strikeouts, kind of ghastly, kind of ghastly. 
And the rest of the staff didn't fare much better. I'm not just picking on Graceffo and McGreevy here. It just was a bad day for Cardinals pitchers. Packy Naughton comes in, gives up two runs, one earned after a throwing error by Kramer Robertson, uh, gave up two hits in just two-thirds of an inning. The Cardinals' number 18 prospect, uh, Inohan Paniagua. I think that's how he says it. I didn't actually hear this portion of the broadcast. I had to go do some things, but uh, I think that's how they're saying it. Inohan Paniagua. I think I nailed it right there. Anyway, he comes in next, and he hits a guy and then gives up a two-run home run. All right? And another name that is in the running for a spot in the bullpen, Anthony Masevich. Remember, they picked him up, the left-hander, who was with the Royals and the Mariners. He walks a guy and gets touched up for two runs on four hits. So just a bad day overall for the pitching staff, who ends up surrendering a combined 16 runs on 19 hits. They walk six. They hit three guys. (laughs) Just... Just ugly, an ugly day. And it's one of those games in spring training where you just got to be like, all right, that that sucked, but let's just move on in our lives. Uh, positive side of things, let's go over to the offensive side of the team. Jordan Walker, he had another hit today. Uh, he's now hitting 417 on the spring. Dylan Carlson hits his second home run of the spring and did it once again from the left side of the plate. And Nolan Gorman was two for two when he smacked his second home run. Actually, I got a picture of this one for you. There you go, YouTube. Um, Nolan Gorman, two for two, smacked his second tater of the spring. He's got his batting average up to 353 now in spring training and Grapefruit League action. And I saw some chatter online. Uh, a lot of people were talking about, hey, what if Gorman just takes over this starting second base job uh, over Donovan because of how well he's hitting so far? And he's looked good in the field, too. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from him there. He has been very solid at second base so far. And, um, I just, to be honest, I don't think there's going to be your quote unquote starting second baseman this year. I think it's going to be a rotation depending on matchups and who needs rest. I really think that's what they're going to do. We know Donovan can play everywhere. You can plug him in to whatever spot you need him to play. You'd like for him to play more at second base than anywhere else, but when Arenado needs a day off at third base, Stick Donovan over there. If Edmund wants to, uh, you know, play a little second base, Donovan can play shortstop there, but you got Paul DeYoung. Um, So Edmund could still be over at second base at certain times. Um, Gorman, when he's not playing second base, you want him to be your DH, especially against right-handed pitchers because he's got the tremendous power. Uh, not so great against left-handed pitchers last year. Maybe he'll improve on that. I don't don't know if that's going to work, but... You've got other guys who hit from the right side of the plate who will be a great DH against left-handed pitchers. And uh, same thing in the outfielder. You know, In the outfield, Walker makes this team. You can just rotate these guys around depending on matchups and health. The DH has really helped the Cardinals here because it it allows guys to get days off from the field but still keep their potent bats in the lineup, you know? So it's working out kind of nicely. Uh, with all the depth that the Cardinals have displayed thus far, that um, these guys are still going to be in the lineup, whether they're playing the field or not. Uh, Wilson Contreras most certainly will be uh, getting some days off from catching. They're not going to, I don't think they're going to throw the Yachty or Molina catching load at him the way uh, Yachty would catch in 140 games in a season. I can't imagine they do that, but uh, I I read where Contreras is more than happy to do that if they want him to. But um, when he's getting days off from catching and he's still available to bat, you're going to have him in that DH role. He's going to be sliding in there a few times. So the question is, Who is going to be that catcher? 
who's going to be that backup catcher on the days that Contreras is not catching or is uh, DHing instead? And I assumed, as most did, that Andrew Kisner had that role locked up. But recent comments from Ali Marmel implies that that is not necessarily the case. And we're going to talk about that next on Locked on Cardinals. Last year, Andrew Kisner actually caught more games than Yadier Molina. We remember Yadi was banged up last year, and there was a time in the season that Yadi was contemplating whether or not he was going to even come back to the team because his knee was bothering him so bad. But um, injuries made it where Andrew Kisner had to do most of the starting, and it was assumed that Kiz would automatically be the backup to Wilson Contreras after they signed him. And he still got the inside track, don't get me wrong, but... it's not going to just be given to him. You know, it, it, he's going to have to earn it this spring. At least that's what Ali Marmol is projecting with his recent comments, saying this about the backup role. It's a competition. It's very similar to competitions in the outfield and with bullpen slots. When you go into it and say there's real competition as to who's going to be the backup, I think that's fair to those guys behind Contreras. That position is extremely important, and the backup catcher is a spot you need high trust in. He's usually a high-trust, low-maintenance guy that understands his role. The backup catcher position will change a a little bit, and that's why we want to make sure that we're not viewing this as, hey, this is Kisner's job. No guys are competing for it, and we'll make a a decision once we break camp. Well, okay, then. And I'm assuming that they told Kisner this, that like, hey, just so you know that this isn't just your job you have to earn it. And Kisner, you know, he's been with the team for four years now, but was truly the backup the last two seasons, playing in 63 games in 2021 and then 96 games last year, respectively. He knows the guys. He's been in this locker room for four seasons. And according to John Denton from MLB.com, he's a favorite among the staff due to his in-depth preparation that he says he's learned from Yachty over the years and his verbal skills. And I've heard his segment with the guys on 101 ESPN. He seems like a great dude, uh, very popular among his teammates. If you look up photos from spring training, you'll see Kisner around all the guys. Like he's constantly around people laughing and smiling, and they're having a good time with them. But you have to look at the performance on the field, and Kiz hasn't done all that much to make himself stand out. He's not doing anything that's so great where you're like, well, that's irreplaceable. And sometimes a little healthy competition, it can help bring the best out of players. And I think that's what Ali is trying to to do here, trying to motivate Kisner to to be better. He just wants to see more from him. And the the guys who are pushing him this spring, I'm going to introduce you to some of these names here in case you're not familiar. Uh, We've got Trace Barrera, who went yard the other day. You've got Yvonne Herrera waiting in the wings to take over one day, although I don't understand the point of having him start the season in St. Louis and just sit and be the backup to Wilson Contreras. It just doesn't seem all that productive to me. I'd rather him be the main catcher in Memphis this year and getting as much work in as possible. That's what I think is the smart thing to do. That's what I think they're going to do. Uh, You've got Pedro Pajes and uh, Denton brought up uh, Jimmy Crooks, the third, who is the number 16 prospect in the system. But He didn't get above a ball last year, so I can't really say that that's somebody who's threatening to uh, be up at the major league level this year. Uh, The Cardinals also have another catching prospect in Leonardo Bernal. He's their number 11 prospect, but he's only 19 years old so far, so he's not doing anything, (laughs) you know, uh, uh, as far as major league level yet. Um, 
Now, I'm not going to pretend that I know how good or how bad these guys are calling games in the spring. I have no idea. But offensively, I can look at the numbers. And so far this spring, Andrew Kisner is hitting a whopping 83 with three strikeouts and 12 at-bats. Small sample size, of course, but that's the second most at-bats of any of the catchers. Wilson Contreras has the most. Uh, Yvonne Herrera hitting three for seven. He's hitting 429. But again, I think he's set to carry the full load at Memphis this year. Uh, next is Pajes, who is uh, just one for six. And then you've got Trace Pereira, who was just one for four, but he hit that home run that I mentioned. And I guess people have been talking about his offensive capabilities uh, around camp. Could any of these guys do enough to force the Cardinals' hand and make a change at the backup uh, catcher position? Maybe, maybe, but I, I, but I don't see them. It just doesn't seem like a smart idea to shake things up. I fully expect Kisner to be the backup catcher on opening day. Um, but I really hope that outside of Contreras, that this position isn't the black hole that it's been the last couple of seasons in the lineup when Contreras is not catching and maybe he needs a full day off. You know, I'm hoping that we see a little bit more of Andrew Kisner this year, who had a couple of decent months last year, but he also had some really bad months last year, and he just hasn't been able to keep that consistency going. And sure, it's tough being the backup to Yadier Molina when normally he's hogging all the playing time. But last year, he had a chance to show that he could do more, and he had little moments here and there. But again, nothing is standing out about Andrew Kisner as a hitter. Um, I think the best thing that he's got going for him is that everybody likes him, which is good. You know, you want to be around people you like. And maybe that's something that they're willing to look past, you know, his offensive uh, caps, if you will, where he's never going to be somebody who gives you all that much offensively. But if he can call a good game and he gets along with everybody on the staff and uh, him and Contreras have a good relationship, then, you know, you're willing to look past some things. Uh, one final note. Oh, I do want to mention this, though. Here's something that kind of thinking outside the box, though, too, is um, – you know, if one of these other guys catches fire and, and kind of passes Kisner as far as the backup role, maybe Kisner could be used as a trade piece to another catcher needy team. Everybody can use a good backup catcher. So that's just something to think about. Uh, one final note before we wrap things up here today, we did get some World Baseball Classic news today. And uh, it was announced by Team USA that our very own Adam Wainwright is going to start. Team USA's first game on Saturday night against Great Britain. Uh, Miles Michaelis tentatively scheduled to start game four on Wednesday against Columbia. Uh, according to Ali, they will likely be capped at four innings or 65 pitches. Apparently, Ali and Adam have known about this for weeks, that he was going to get the ball in game one for Team USA and that they actually planned their spring training schedule as far as you know his ballpens and what games he was starting around him being able to be ready for that first game for Team USA. So um, that, I think that's cool because Adam's clearly excited to be on Team USA this year in his final year in the major leagues. And uh, I, I think that's pretty neat that he's getting the start in game one. Uh, the Cardinals do have a major league baseball high, 17 players from their organization participating. And the games are going to begin tonight, actually, with uh, the Cuba team against the Netherlands at 10 p.m. St. Louis time. I believe those games are on Fox. I think so. FS1. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think that's a win. But I know 10 o'clock is when uh, that first game is going to be played St. Louis time. And that Cuban team is uh, <clears throat> it's straight dirty. 
A lot of studs on that one. So I'm going to tune in uh, to that game tonight for sure. Uh, Cardinals back in action on the diamond tomorrow against the Yankees at 12.05. Jake Woodford is set to get the start against Garrett Cole. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day. They break down the best fantasy draft strategies for you. They've been going position by position recently. I'm tuning in. I want to win our league. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube to help our channel and love for the Cardinals grow throughout the world. Uh, I appreciate all of you guys chiming in on the comments and uh, liking and subscribing. You guys are fantastic. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time. Unlocked on Cardinals.